Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. I'm Dwight Falk and this is Live by Every Word. Man does not have a soul. Man is a soul. What does that mean? Well, let me explain it to you. Notice the passage in Genesis 2 and verse 7, and we'll jump right into looking at some Bible passages today that talk about what man is, mankind, male and female. What are we? What are we made out of? Notice Genesis 2 and verse 7. This is describing how God made humans. It says, And the eternal God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So people look at this sometimes and they think that man has a immortal soul inside of him. And that's not true. We have to understand what these words mean. And of course, the Bible was not originally written in the English language. It was written in Hebrew, as far as the Old Testament is concerned. And so notice what these words mean, in particular the word soul. This is a quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, which is free at thetrumpet.com. And uh, please sign up for that if you have not done so. But notice what it says. The original Hebrew word for soul is nephesh, and that's spelled N-E-P-H-E-S-H. Bagster's Analytical Hebrew and Chaldee Lexicon defines it as breath and anything that breathes an animal. It can also refer to a person or even one dead, a dead body. And there are references to that. You could look at Genesis 1, verse 21 and verse 24. And there's other references, Leviticus 11 and verse 46. The same word, nephesh, it says, is translated creature when referring to animals. And so when the Bible says soul in these passages, in the original Hebrew, the word is nephesh. And again, as it says, it can relate to an animal, a human, either alive or dead. If it's a living soul, it's alive. And as we'll see, if it's not alive, it's a dead soul. Notice this passage in Numbers 5 and verse 2. Numbers 5 and verse 2. It says, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper and everyone that has an issue and whosoever is defiled by the dead. And so here, nephesh is translated as the dead. It's the same word, nephesh, the dead. The Course says that the soul is composed of the dust of the ground. It is material, not spiritual. That's a very important point for us to remember. The soul is composed of the dust of the ground. It is material, not spiritual. It is matter. When man breathes, he is a living soul. And when man ceases to breathe, he becomes a non-living or dead soul. That's what the Bible reveals. 
That's a lot different than what many people suppose. When they think about the soul, they think of an immortal soul. But that's not what the Bible says. It talks about the material creation of man, the physical body that stays alive by breathing, with blood circulating. It could also be an animal. It's a living creature. That's what man is. Now, of course, man has an incredible potential, and there is a great difference between man and animal, and we'll talk about that as we go. But it's important to understand that man, what man is, he does not have an immortal soul. Man is a soul, living when we're breathing and we're alive and dead when we stop breathing. And so there's a lot to really look at here and to uh, consider. Now, further proof that man is a soul, a physical being with the breath of life that can die, is found in Ezekiel 18 and verse 4. Ezekiel 18 and verse 4. And as you'll notice, we're putting a lot of passages together here. And that's what we have to do. We've got to do things like this in order to really understand the truth of God. It says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sins, it shall die. Wow. (laughs) The soul that sins, it shall die. Well, if man had an immortal soul, it couldn't die. That doesn't make sense. Man does not have an immortal soul. Man is a living soul, a nephesh. And so very clearly, when you look at these passages, you see that a soul is a physical being. And when it is breathing, it is a living soul. And when it dies, when it stops breathing and blood stops circulating, It's simply a soul that has died. A soul that has died. And so it's important to understand this because there's so much confusion when it comes to what makes up a human being. What is a soul? Lots of confusion about that. Lots of deception. But the Bible's clear. A soul is a physical being. When it's breathing, it's a living soul. And when it dies, when it stops breathing, then it's simply a soul that has died. Now, since man is a soul, the Course reads, and the soul is mortal, then man is mortal, subject to death. That is why the scriptures refer to human beings as mortal man. We're mortal. We live, and then we die. (laughs) We have a time of living and a time of dying. That's the way it is with mankind. That's the way it is with a physical human being. The air that both man and beast breathe is our temporary source of physical life. We breathe oxygen, and we know very clearly and very quickly that if we don't have enough oxygen, there's a problem, right? You know, you've seen plenty of situations, whether, you know, on TV or in real life, where somebody can't get air, they're dying, and they have to get CPR to keep them alive, to keep them breathing. We need that breath of life. Animals are the same. We're nafesh. We're these physical beings, and when we're alive, we're a living soul. When we're dead, we're a dead soul. Now, of course, there's great hope for man, and there are resurrections, and a great potential for mankind. So we're not focusing on something here that's negative or depressing, but we are focusing on the reality of what man is. 
physical today. Notice Ecclesiastes 3, verses 19 through 20. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 19 through 20. It says, For that which befalls the sons of men befalls beasts. Even one thing befalls them. As the one dies, so dies the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man has no preeminence above a beast. For all is vanity. All go unto one place. All are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. And so, as far as just the physical creation goes, men die, women die, people die, animals die. We know that. We've observed that. We've seen that. We know that that happens. And the point that's being made here is, look, just in terms of the physical realm and the physical creation, people die. People die. Animals die. We're made in a similar fashion. We're made out of the dust of the ground. We're made out of matter, material. We're nafesh. That's what we are. And we have to understand what we are. Now we also have an incredible future, too. And we'll be talking about plenty of those uh, exciting things here as we go, and some of it we'll hit on today. There's an exciting future for mankind. There's an awesome future for mankind. But yet, we have to understand that man, as he exists just physically, we're just nafesh, we're just material. And so again, it doesn't mean that this life is all there is, thankfully. You know, people put too much emphasis sometimes on the material possessions of this life, getting this thing or that thing, and it's fine to to have things, but our perspective has to be right. We have to be putting God first. The material things pass away. The fancy new car gets old. The house eventually gets dilapidated if it's not kept up or usually passes on to somebody else. People live and they die. You know, you look at the movie stars of the past or famous people or politicians or historical figures. Uh, where are they? They're dead. <laughs> they all died. That's what this life is. That's what this life amounts to. But again, there's great hope beyond this earth and beyond this life. But we have to understand that the hope is not in the physical life. It's on what comes after it. And this physical life is preparation for that wonderful spiritual life ahead. And man has incredible potential. Notice Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 21. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 21, people over the centuries, of course, have wondered about life and death and have asked these questions, and they're great questions. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 21, it says, Who knows the spirit of man that goes upward and the spirit of the beast that goes downward to the earth? And so, again, now we're, we're learning about something additional. There's a spirit in man. It's not an immortal soul. But there's a spirit. And the easiest way to understand that is the fact that humans have the ability to think, make decisions, reason, communicate, create on a certain level. Animals don't have that. Animals have instinct. We're both nafesh, we're both physical, material beings, yet man has the ability to think. The power of intellect, and that is because God has given man a spirit the spirit of man. Notice this quote from the correspondence course. It says the Hebrew word ruach, and that's R-U-A-C-H, translated spirit in this verse, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 21, also means air, 
wind, breath. It is translated 27 times as breath in the King James Version. Three examples are in Genesis 6, verse 17, Genesis 7 and verse 15, and Lamentations 4 and verse 20. It is also translated 82 times as wind. And thus we can see that ruach has a very broad meaning and may be applied to a wide variety of things whose common denominator is invisibility. So we have to read the context of when ruach is used. But what's common in the different ways that it's used is that it's describing something that's invisible, something that we can't see with the human eye. It may mean, the quote says, attitude as well as spirit. And with the word holy preceding it, it means the Holy Spirit of God. So again, you know how it is in English, where a word can have a variety of meanings. It depends on how it's used in the sentence. And it's the same here. But what's common about this word ruach is that it's invisible. It's something we cannot see. You know, we can't see the wind. You can see the effect of the wind, how it blows on something, but you can't see the wind. We can't see the spirit, but there is this spirit in man, and God has a Holy Spirit as well. But there's a spirit in man. And so it's very interesting to see that there's something different here about men and women as opposed to animals. We're both physical beings, of course, all of us, but there's a spirit in man that is different. The Course says, Solomon asks, therefore, since the same event, physical death, occurs to both man and beast, who knows whether a man's ruach, or spirit, goes up or whether a beast goes downward. Although the same death befalls both, the Bible reveals there is a vast difference between man and beast. And we'll see more about that on future programs. That difference does not have anything to do with an immortal soul. All right? The human spirit is not an immortal soul. It's the spirit that God gives to man. It empowers us with intellect. Notice Job 32 and verse 8. Job 32 and verse 8, it says, But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. So Job's very clear here that there is a spirit in man. Man has a spirit in him. The human spirit, that's what makes us different than animals. That's why we think. That's why we plan. That's why we have ideas. That's why we have the ability to create on a certain level. There is a lot, a lot that is given to us through that human spirit. Notice what Mr. Armstrong wrote in The Incredible Human Potential. That's a free book, too. You can get that at thetrumpet.com if you'd like, and I'd recommend you do it. It gets into this in a lot of detail. It's really incredible because we do have an incredible human potential. Yes, we are physical. Yes, we're nafesh, and we can die. We're a living soul while we breathe, and when we stop breathing, we're a dead soul. But then God has the power to resurrect and give us a spirit life. A God life. Notice this quote from the incredible human potential. It says, I call this spirit the human spirit, for it is in each human, even though it is spirit essence and not matter. And this is Mr. Herbert Armstrong writing. 
It says, it is not a spirit person or being. It is not the man, but spirit essence in the man. Again, gives us the power of intellect. It says, it is not a soul. The physical human is a soul. The nephesh, the material body. The human spirit imparts the power of intellect to the human brain. The human spirit does not supply human life. No, that the human life is in the physical blood, oxidized by the breath of life. It is that non-physical component in the human brain that does not exist in the brain of animals. And that makes us different than the animals, this human spirit. We can't see it. It's ruach. It's invisible. But we can think, and animals cannot. They have instinct, but they don't think, not like humans do, because humans have the human spirit. The quote continues and says, It is the ingredient that makes possible the transition from human to divine without changing matter into spirit at the time of resurrection. So the human body dies, but the human spirit that goes back to God. And God, if he so chooses, can resurrect and bring that person to life. Sometimes it's a physical resurrection, that second resurrection. Those that have lived and died and never known the truth of God, they'll be resurrected to physical life again. But then also, people can be resurrected to God life, changed from physical to spiritual. They can change. It happened to Christ. He was a man. He was God first, then he became a man, and he became spirit. He had a spirit body. He went from the physical back to spirit. So it's already happened. Christ has done it. And he set the pattern for mankind to follow in. Notice further the incredible human potential. It says, let me make clear a few essential points about this spirit in man. It is spirit essence. Just as in matter, air is essence, and so is water. And we can't see air. This human spirit cannot see. The physical brain sees through the eyes. The human spirit in a person cannot hear. The brain hears through the ears. See, the, the physical body, the nephesh, it has all these mechanisms that God has built to enable us to see, to hear, and all that. But the human spirit gives us the power of intellect. And it allows us to connect with God and with God's Holy Spirit when he calls people and has them uh, baptized, and they become baptized. The brain thinks, it says, the human spirit cannot think, although the spirit imparts the power to think, whereas brute animal brains without such spirit cannot, except in the most elementary manner, with instinct. You know, a befuddled scientist, they look at animal brains and they say, well, they're not that different than human brains in a lot of cases. What's the difference? There's a human spirit. There's a ruach that's in man, a human spirit. Even though man is just nephesh, we're just physical today. We live and we die. We do not have an immortal soul, but we do have a human spirit. And God has the power to resurrect. And that human spirit, of course, it records our character it records what we do. It records our, our personalities, our experiences. And God's able to use that as he sees fit to resurrect people from the dead. Or, you know, combine it with his Holy Spirit when people are called and they're baptized and God 
gives his Holy Spirit, and then they have understanding of God's Word. It's a really in-depth subject, but ultimately it's all leading to the incredible human potential, which is to be born into the kingdom and the family of God. There's a lot more to talk about with this topic, and we just scratched the surface today. Make sure you sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course and the Incredible Human Potential. That's free, and it's at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.